This is the Cultivating the Empty Field session 2021, the third full talk titled The Fullness of Emptiness. And here are uh, two poems kind of combined into one by a Dharma teacher named TK. The afternoon sky was clear, clear, blue celestial, turning into dusk and darkness. An owl, who had waited patiently all day for his time to come, began to call. The mind, not alienated from the body, expands through the sensory sphere in sky, in owl, in ancient tree, in the smell of rich earth. Freed from the past or future, freed from myself or mine, there is an untold and immeasurable mystery. And this mystery is impregnated by the awe and wonder of awareness turned into love. In the stillness of the deep mind, twilight falls and mystery is touched. The whole body is an act of perception. A mind rested in silence allows the heart to see with the whole body. The body, this life, is the very organ of knowing by which the mystery knows itself. It's joy, it's fun, it's game, it's love. Mind as body traveled through sky and owl, through dusk and into darkness. As daylight disappeared into the dark, I am disappeared into silence, awareness into love. Sunlight enters the western gate at dawn. Mind is filled with brilliance. There is a freedom untouched by any event which knows neither birth nor death. There is a flower right there behind the breastbone. Even without bees, its scent becomes nectar. Year after year, I remain drunk on its liquor, unable to even find the words self or other. Evening approaches and the sounds of wave crashing. No, near, no need to fear beginnings or endings, my friend. Here by the ocean, there is so much magnificence. Right now, detach from memory, detach from anticipation, stop judgment. What is the past? Right now, detach from memory, detach from anticipation, stop judgment. What is the future? This moment, this moment here. But looking closer at this moment here, how long does that stay? Now, don't do anything with the mind or about the mind. Don't pull back. Experience this experience 
be this moment fearlessly. This moment, this moment here, how relevant are the thoughts about it? How relevant are judgments about it? Detach from memory, detach from anticipation, let go of waiting. waiting for something to save us. Let go of waiting. Stop thoughts of I am, I was, I will be, I did. This moment, look, what is I? This moment now, let everything be. Stop analyzing. Stop meditating. Stop resisting. Where are your problems? Where is suffering? Where is your past? Where is your future? Where are you? This moment, gone as we point to it, fresh every time. This directness this nowness is peaceful. The peace of no judgment, no avoiding, no grabbing, no waiting. This moment is peaceful. In this Dharma of directness, judgments point to nothing actually existent. This moment, gone as we point to it, fresh every time. Like a bottomless well. In this dharma of directness, we don't understand. In this dharma of directness, we don't need to understand. This moment, gone as you point to it, fresh every time. This is not all there is to practice. But this directness, this nowness, this freshness is the basis for practice to further unfold. Recognize the utter simplicity of that. This moment is the basis. Doesn't matter what you're feeling in this moment. It doesn't matter how your energy is in this moment. It doesn't matter who you were or what you will do. This moment is the wide open gate for practice. Fresh every time. As soon as anybody tries to talk about the Dharma, they have to speak in dualities. And when we talk about the Dharma, we have to talk about the ego. We need to talk about the self. And we have to think about it carefully. 
Meditators can form stillness addictions. And it's not a bad thing if you get caught up in that. Most people could use a good bout of stillness addiction. Meditators can form stillness addictions or believe, begin to believe that the personality is bad or it's unspiritual or view it as merely a delusion. We want to recognize the personality as just the personality. We don't often recognize the personality as just the personality. We often think we are the personality, or it thinks it is us. The personality is just the personality. Every one of them has its particular quality. Every personality has some positive and some negative consequences. Even a saint irritates people. <laughs> Somebody will be irritated. Personality is just the personality. In practice, we want to see what the personality is. Not where you are on the Enneagram, not your Myers-Briggs, what the personality is. We're interested in the nature of mind, not its contents in this dimension of practice. We want to see what the personality is, how it is, what is going on when it does what it does. Not because it's bad or unspiritual, not because people with quiet minds and less opinions are going to somehow save the world. We want to see what it is. We want to see how it filters our perception. Everybody is having a different session. Everybody hears a different breeze. Everybody tastes a different breath. Everybody is seeing a different jogan. We want to see how the personality filters things. We want to see how it has us seeing. We want to see if and how and when personality is blocking the clear light. That's the main thing. We want to see how the personality blocks the clear light. We want to see how the personality is none other than the clear light. But it seems like we have to forget, let go of the personality first. So when seeing the ego is said, or letting go of the self is said, we're pointing to mind operating in a way that is limiting experiencing a bigger picture. This old Zen metaphor that before practice we're like a person looking at the sky through a bamboo tube. We're looking at our life or all the people we encounter through a bamboo tube. When we say the ego or we say the self, in this sense we're pointing to the mind operating in a way that is limiting our experience. And it could be someone else's experience. Because delusion's contagious. The bigger picture. Those limits are made of thoughts and beliefs and attitudes. 
and what our thoughts and beliefs and attitudes made of. This is the heart of the matter. This is the invitation. How deeply can we let go of these limits on seeing the bigger picture? How deeply can we be free of the conditioning that filters the world? How deeply can we be free of the ego and all its attendant fears and resistances and biases? Practice is an invitation to find out. Rumi speaks as someone who feels like has deeply tasted this release and has the passion to be that all the way through. There's a love affair with the mystery. There's a devotion to the mystery. Another old Zen saying is, if you put as much energy as you have into chasing a partner, into awakening, you'd be a Buddha in no time. <laughs> and that was medieval Japan. Rumi says, the moon has come back out. The moon has come back out. The other moon that was never above us or seen in dreams. The moon that brings fire and pours wine. The moon that brings fire and pours wine that cooks us to tenderness. Our eyes look at a table full of fine foods and say, fantastic, more of that, please. Then we remember the ocean and leap out of our personalities into that. Try to find us. You could say every moment that you drop your story, you wake from that dream that keeps occurring. You leap out of the personality. This moment, this freshness, no history trailing behind. No dreams flowing towards a future. This freshness has no past. But always, the personality can dream itself back into being, can reweave its, its story, its spell. So we taste this freshness, this moment, no past, no future, and then we're pulled back. We're submerged in silence and suddenly we're back in the ordinary clamor of I, me, and mine. This is the way it goes, unless maybe you're one of these ultra-gifted spiritual geniuses. It's just the way it goes. We plunge into that and then we're back on the shore. 
submerging the whole body-mind in silence. No reference point, no checking on the mind, no looking back. This can be practiced. This is what's meant by shikantaza. This is what's meant by just sitting, submerging the whole body-mind in silence. No checking, no looking back. No reference point. If it's an event in time, it's a moment of practice. This is a mode of being. We can, I almost said, do this. We can't quite do this. You can let go of your grip of something, but it's gravity that pulls you down. Submerging the whole body-mind in silence. Why do we grasp at the solidity of the shore? Because we're letting go of certainty. We're giving up the life raft, what we think is a life raft of everything we know and the knowledge we've accumulated and the ideas we have about ourselves and other people. There's fear around that. Who has that fear? Wholeheartedly diving in, the whole being plunging into uncertainty. Zazen is much more than technique. We have to take it to this place of being an orientation of the heart. It's really in the moment, 100% or it's not. You can't be 95% here. You can't be 98% here. So the self snaps us back. We have this kind of paradox of being refreshed but unquenched. We're more thirsting knowing what it is we can drink. Now there is a complementary approach, we could say. Rather than leaping, rather than leaping, we slip through as if the self-sense was a net. And we get free of it through the spaces around it, within it and between. The real wonder is that something with no real existence creates heaven and creates hell. Something with no real existence speaks silence without mouth or lips. Look directly at mind with your eyes open. Hey, please, I invite you to do that with your eyes open. Look directly at mind. What do you look at? What do you see? Behold mind and melt thoughts in direct attention. Please do that. Melt thoughts in direct attention. This is not abstract. 
It's like tossing ice cubes into a fire. Melt thoughts in direct attention. Feel whatever your attitude is. We want to become aware of attitudes. They're like more subtle thoughts, more subtle vibrations animating us. What's the attitude right now? The thoughts are often evidence of it, but what's the stance that you have towards this? Put attention right on that. What happens? Look directly at this one who seems to be sitting here doing a practice. See its ephemeral nature. See its spaciousness. It's not a parlor trick. It's not a game of words. Look directly at the one who is looking. Self reasserts its reality reflexively. When you take instructions like that to heart, awareness shines and there's no obstruction. There's no center. There's no substance. We get a little kiss of the clear light. And then self reasserts its reality reflexively. Grasping takes consciousness as me that knows, as me that has experiences. If your practice has some juice or some passion, or if you want to find a place to put that passion that won't just tense your body and bind you up, melt thoughts and melt I am with fiery presence. Intensify your mind exactly where it is, as if you were turning up a kerosene lamp. Brighten awareness, burn through its substance. And experience the wake of doing that, what happens. Experience the result of that, what happens. And move on to Hongzhi. Hongzhi says, with the depths clear, utterly silent, thoroughly illuminate the source, empty yet spirited, vast and bright. Thoroughly illuminate the source, what happens when you look directly at mind? He says, empty yet spirited, vast and bright. Even though you lucidly scrutinize self-image, and no shadow or echo meets it, 
searching throughout, you see that you still have distinguished between the merits of a hundred undertakings. Even though you lucidly scrutinize self-image, This is an area of the work that can't be underestimated. We are looking into that which all the suffering revolves around. And we have to do the looking. We have to do the watching. We have to do the releasing. Because the evidence of it still feeling quite real is revealed in however we suffer, in the intensity of our judgments, in the intensity of our despair. Searching throughout, you see that you still have distinguished between the merits of a hundred undertakings. Evaluation. That's one of the modes, we could say, of ego, is evaluation. Evaluation. The problem is, is it never sees its own bias. What's the measuring stick of succeeding or failing in session? How do you know? Are you looking around the room to see who looks more Buddha-like? Who eats more calmly? How they walk? Are you judging people who nod off? Being one of those who has done or has seen it. Which is always in reference to those who have not. You spot that in action. Self is dualistic. They are, so I'm not. I'm not, so they are. I'm here, so that's out there. Evaluation. Hogan Roshi used to give whole Dharma talks where he basically just said, do not judge. (laughs) Do not judge. It's a very painful thing. that for whatever reason keeps on turning its wheels without interruption. The net of good and bad of seeing oneself and people through internalized standards, which means not seeing people, means seeing our own projection. Evaluation is subtle. People hit a place in life and practice where they feel and think, and it's not always conscious, What's the point? What's the point? Their investment in this setting, in the practice, begins to wane, which just reinforces the sense of what's the point, right? Because you go, what's the point? You stop putting your heart into it. You stop putting your heart into it. The fruits begin to vanish. People, I think all people, 
or I hope all people hit a place in life and practice where they feel and think, what's the point? What's the point of this? Or they think, there is no point. There is no point. There is no meaning. And these are different. What's the point? Or there is no point. There is no point is a conclusion. There is no point is a conclusion. As if our little minds can comprehend the mystery and majesty of the universe. And from our little... flicker of years of experience, we look at this mystery of life and say, there's no point. The kind of um, hubris of that, the pride of that. As if our little mind can even comprehend the mystery and majesty of ourselves. It's a good practice to believe it can't. It's a good practice to believe that judgments about yourself are probably way off the mark, whether they're positive or negative. What's the point at least has some openness to become a real question. A real question is about openness. A real question isn't about getting an answer and moving on. Or at least I could say a real question in Zen is not about getting an answer. A real question suspends our belief that we have the answer. That's the problem with teachings that say, look directly at the self. You can't find it. And people go, oh yeah, can't find it. Of course. I read that in 30 books. And then they don't look because there's a conclusion. A real question really attended to, really entered, can open a different way of seeing. Because there is no point is a way of seeing. It's a style of consciousness. You take up, that feeling takes you up and you look out and, yeah, I don't know why they're working so hard, no point. Why bother raising a family? Why bother getting the degree, why bother working so hard in session, what's the point? Ways of seeing don't question their ways of seeing, they almost never do. Eyeballs don't see their own retinas. So there's always a way of seeing. There's always a way of seeing, there's always a vantage point, a stance towards reality. And a vantage point sees what that vantage point can see. Hongzhir says, you must take the backward step and directly reach the middle of the circle from where light issues forth. You must take the backward step and directly reach the middle of the circle from where light issues forth. Outstanding and independent, still you must abandon pretexts for merit. If we touch the deep splendor of the Dharma, it's not about us. 
The splendor is not the self. Realization of true nature sometimes happens even in the minds of people real rough around the edges, real unsavory characters. Even rough around the edges, unsavory characters like us. This mystery can just erupt. The conditions we create seem to increase its likelihood, but it can just be noticed. So insight is not about us. Insight is not about us. Kind of a interesting thing there. We have to put our butts into practice and do it for insight to arise. Maybe it'll happen some lifetime otherwise. But if it arises, it's not about us. It's not a merit badge. It's not about being good or deserving. It's not about being special because of an experience. It's not about being bad or unworthy or mediocre because we haven't had an experience. You must abandon pretexts pretexts for merit. The self-reflex will catch anything in its net. We want to watch that. Self-reflex will catch anything in its net. We have to burn through it again and again and again. So Hongzhi continues, carefully discern that naming engenders beings and that these rise and fall with intricacy. Carefully discern that naming engenders beings and that these rise and fall with intricacy. When you can share yourself, then you may manage affairs, and you have the pure seal that stamps the 10,000 forms. As I've been saying, like a broken record, who we be and how we're seeing moment by moment are in flux. The filter rises and it falls. In one moment, there's a friend. In the next moment, they're an adversary. Now we're seeing someone as wise, now a fool. Like and dislike cast their spells based on these empty echoes of memory. Attraction and aversion cast their spells of who or what brings me pleasure or who or what brings me pain. We make a study of our reality-shaping perceptions. And when we really do that, we can make a practice of awareness naked of discriminations. As much as it is actually possible for a human being to be like a mirror, a clear mirror with no distortion, no discrimination, the ordinary mind is plugged into its banks of memory. But for the mirror, that's not the case. How deeply is this possible? And why does it matter? What if love is the point? 
What if this life is all about the heart wanting to come into its own fullness? What if love is the point? Try it on as a view. Take it up as a way of seeing. You already have one. Try this one. Love is the point. Love is the point of this practice. Love is the point of life. That's why we cultivate presence and train and focus and learn to be non-reactive. That's why we empty out and open up. Love is the point. That's why the hard and the soft come down the pipe. That's why health and sickness, that's why birth and death. Try it on, take it up as a way of seeing. Notice how it affects you. Notice how it affects others. Notice how the universe responds when living with love as the point. How it's responding now is in accord with how we're seeing. Try on. Love is the point. And we can let love too, what it is and what it is not, be an open question. Just kind of let it float there in the mind. Let it hang there in space. Love. without needing to define what that looks like. Emptiness is filled and the filled is empty. Each person and their story, each feeling and its texture, each challenge and its demands, the true self has room for that. Hung Zhe says, traveling the world, meeting conditions, the self joyfully enters samadhi in all delusions and accepts its function so as to not be full of itself. Traveling the world, meeting conditions, going through life. The self, not that, not that tight thing that dreams about what's for dinner, the self joyfully enters samadhi in all delusions and accepts its function so as to not be full of itself. We are the field that the other is happening within. We are the medium of each other's existence. So what does other mean? Right here, right now, this moment, there's no inside and no outside. We're woven into the moment. We're woven into each other. It's all mixed up. Listen to these sounds. Where does hearing end and the sound begin? Look at the colors and shapes. Where does seeing end and the seer begin? Seer seeing and seeing, no division. Hearer heard and hearing, no division. It's all mixed up. It's all mixed up. 
Grasping self reflexively asserts itself, fills itself with its concepts of itself and its stressful perceptions of itself. So living out receptive awareness is fulfilled by the world. Living out receptive awareness, we're filled, we're intimate with the task at hand. It relieves us of grasping self. It fills us, it completes us. If we don't, there it is. Hunger expresses it like this. The empty valley receives the clouds. The empty valley received the clouds. The cold stream cleanses the moon. The cold stream cleanses the moon. Not departing and not remaining. Far beyond all the changes. Far beyond all the changes. You can give teachings without attainment or expectation. Love and wisdom, teach love and wisdom about love and wisdom. It's as if so many things, so many things are waiting for there to be room in our hearts. As soon as they're in, as soon as there is, they will leap in. So many things are waiting for there to be room in our hearts. And when there is room, they come and remind us what heart is as if so many beings, the trillions of living beings, are waiting for our minds to see them as they are, to see themselves reflected in that calm light. And when they are reflected in that calm light, all the beings remind us what that light is. We sometimes call on tough love in the awakening way. Session. Sometimes we're getting a little teddy bearish here at the monastery. Session is traditionally a tough love practice. We call on tough love in the awakening way. How we engage this, how fully we engage this has an effect. Karma is a truth we can be empowered by. How fully we engage this has an effect. So just as a practical matter, especially if you were fortunate enough to be born well after the time of the Spice Girls or Polly Shore, consider putting enough time in on your sitting cushion that your butt gets raw. How we put ourselves into this, how we engage this has an effect. It's not just some kind of magic thing. We're not like trying to increase the likelihood that the Buddha's lightning bolt will come through the ceiling. Concentrated, sustained awareness gathers energy. First day of session, I was able to take a nap, but now I can't, I can't fall asleep. Maybe some of you experience that. Your need for sleep goes away. Your appetite diminishes. You're gathering energy from a different source. It has a purpose. It has a utility, or it could have a utility. 
Maizumi Roshi would say, uh, Jo Riki. Jo means concentration. And Riki basically means energy or force. The force of concentration gathers. You will feel it in your body. That energy, that heat that's generated may be just what we need to soften fixations. Not through straining, not through striving, but steady, steady effort, this energy is gathered. Call on tough love. When something in you wants to zone out, tune out, or just sit in a disengaged, drifting way, don't give that too much playground. Recognize that and stay with this, which includes staying with that feeling of wanting to zone out, wanting to tune out, wanting to just take it easy. Everyone who practices with devotion gets clearer, realer, and freer. You hang around places of practice long enough, you will see that. Everyone who practices with devotion gets clearer, realer, freer. Believe this. Feel this. Become the evidence of this. Whether it's easy or a struggle, love can be the point. This point here and now and what we're pointed towards. Love is the point. How are we relating to this? Your body is an emblem of how you're relating to this. Whether it's easy or a struggle, love can be the point, this point here and now. The body right now, the heart right now, the mind right now, the teacher continually arising. The teacher's not some person saying a bunch of stuff. This body, this mind, this heart is the teacher continually arising. This moment gone as we point to it, fresh every time, without fail. For lack, of a, for lack of a Buddhist word, we could call it grace, perpetual grace. This directness, this nowness, the place of practice, always available, always full, always gone. There's nothing restricting us but our own minds. Thank you.